Welcome! This is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steve. I'm John. And for all of you that are still alive... <laughs> um, Hopefully you guys don't have the Rona. Yeah. If you do, uh, stay the fuck away from me. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> six uh, feet distance, motherfuckers. <laughs> stay the fuck back. <laughs> Podcast distancing, that's what we're going with. Yeah. Podcast distancing. You're right. Before we get into anything too deep, let's talk about what we're drinking today. Uh, so this, and I'm pretty sure we've done this before on another episode, but I don't know if it's one that's available. So Steve was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm calling an Audible, we're drinking this shit again. Yeah. But this is, uh, this is our good friends at the Kentucky Brewing Company. Uh, this is the Coffee Barrel Stout. And uh, it's eight percent alcohol, uh, and it's it's fucking delicious. I'll kind of wonder what if uh, if they really meant this to. I wonder if if you drink this in the morning, would it be about the same as drinking like a like kind of a dark coffee, like a black coffee? No, not, not really. But same. I mean, it looks like it, and it has yeah. a little bit of the coffee flavor. I mean, it looks yeah. like you're drinking. Like a, a really dark coffee. Right, yeah. And it was established all the way back in the ancient times of 1999. <laughs> it's uh, a night we're going to party <laughs> like it's 1999. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, well, it's, it's technically it's uh, it's Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company. But uh, we just uh, we just we just call them the Kentucky Company. Yeah. Because it's yes. the Kentucky... Uh, all the different Kentucky ales... Basically, any t- if you got it, it, it's three stars out of three on our scale. Basically, anything that this company makes is fucking great. The uh, the was it the vanilla was it the vanilla cream ale or yeah vanilla cream ale the vanilla yeah. cream is the shit. I love that one. And then the other one uh, that kind of caught us by surprise was the tequila wheat barrel. Yeah, it's like the wheat. Wheat tequila, tequila barrel. It's aged in tequila barrels on that instead of the bourbon very barrels. Good. That one is fucking great. If you see that at the liquor store or you know at your convenience store, or whatever, buy them shits. Uh, it's worth it for the four pack because it's great. Yeah, just just to let you guys know what the big three is since we've been doing this show, which has been over two years. Uh, uh, the big three is this uh, Lexington. Uh, brewing, which is the Kentucky Bourbon people. Yes. Uh, and then the New Holland people that make Dragon's Milk, and then the Lazy Magnolia people that make the Lazy Magnolia drinks, the uh, uh, Mississippi Kiln. Yeah, and um, they actually uh, produced the first like the first beer that's hops. Uh, that was really fucking great. Uh, and that's just not something that's. Normally doable. Right. So, uh, New Holland, uh, New Holland, I think I probably rank one, uh, because everything, you know, Dragon's Milk and Dragon's Milk White and everything else that they've done. The Raspberry just, Hibiscus was yeah. excellent, too. Everything they've pretty much done is just like heaven. Yeah. Like, uh, if they don't have Dragon's Milk in heaven, then it might as well be hell. Right. Uh, <laughs> Time to get to some cinnamon, because I ain't only want to be up there. If they don't have it, then fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to go where the good shit is. But it's very, very delicious. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, we do hope everyone's being safe out there. And this is uh, Mother's Day weekend, so happy Mother's Day to happy all Happy Mother's the, Day. 
um, um, preemptively moms out there uh, and stuff like that. We know that you guys done your best and uh, uh, cheers to my mom. Also, uh, yep, cheers to my mom Kathy. We uh, we lost both of our moms, but you know they're still there in spirit. Yeah, they're still there in spirit. So, uh, yeah, we hope all moms are doing great, and we're going to talk about a, 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 a mom of the Terminator movies here in a second um, when we get to that. Yeah, actually, this is kind of an interesting one to run on Mother's Day because we have probably one of the most badass mothers of all time. <laughs> yeah, we have the moms of the Terminator movies and probably of... Uh, uh, yeah, the mom of uh, uh, sci-fi action movies. Yeah, uh, Linda Hamilton. Uh, uh, we're gonna take a really. We're not gonna spend a lot of time on this uh, because I know we have a lot to to do in this episode. But also, uh, the death of Don Shula, the legendary coach. I know a lot of you might not even care about football, but he was one of the guys that uh, we've always uh, uh, enjoyed. Yeah, Don uh, and, Shula was one of the reasons I actually liked to watch the Dolphins back in the day. Yeah, and uh, one of the... Besides gr- Marino. Uh, don't even want to say one of the greatest coaches of all time. Uh, probably the greatest coach of all time, longevity-wise. Bill Walsh, uh, you know, mental game-wise, probably crushes everyone. But uh, he, And also he, mentioned to Paul Brown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul Brown. Innovation wise, it's Paul Brown. Yeah, because uh, Paul Brown innovated. Longevity so much and uh, spirit wise, it's Don Shula, and genius wise, it's it's Bill Walsh. Uh, those are the big three, I think. Like you know, especially because Shula has all he has the the record for wins, and it's gonna take a long time before somebody passes that because he thirty three seasons and only two losing seasons. Yeah. And also, he's the only coach in the NFL to ever have an undefeated season. Yeah. So think about that. 31 out of 33 seasons were winning seasons. Yeah. And, and one Steel- of them was and, undefeated. And to Steelers fans, the guy that you're constantly telling everybody to fire, Mike Tomlin, he has never had a losing season. So maybe you guys should slow your roll. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, Pittsburgh. It's a bunch of yinzers up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he f- still had a winning season with Duck Hodges. Yeah. And Mason Rudolph. Yeah. God damn, how? A dude has a nickname how? like Duck. And how he was the able to- fuck did he have a winning season last year? <laughs> that Mason Rudolph is- got hit with his own fucking helmet by Miles Garrett. And he's still in the league. He's still in the Miles league. Garrett is back. He's back, baby. He, he basically, because that happened late in the season, he basically had like a three-game suspension. And, and they're like, back. yeah, you know what? You, you almost killed a guy. He almost killed a guy with his own helmet. You know what? You're good. That shows you how much money trumps. Anything that they care about in the NFL. They don't care about concussion protocol. They don't care about their fans. They just care about money. Yeah. Uh, but we care about Don Shula. We care uh, about Don Shula when he hit football the big was still real. And, then, uh, and now he's gone. But, and this uh, is more of a celebration. This isn't a mourning because you lived for 90 years. You were one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I'm an Alabama fan. A lot of people hate it. Your son, Mike Shula, there. But I rather enjoyed him. Yeah, I think he. Oh, we always like Mike Shula. I think he uh, drug us out of the dark ages and then handed it off to Nick Saban to win national championships. Yeah, that's just my my opinion. But I think uh, Mike Shula. Um, hope you have a good coaching career. I hope 
you know, uh, you know, your dad. Uh, your dad has cast a very you. large shadow. <laughs> You'll never live up to Don Shula, but you shouldn't be trying to anyway. Hopefully, he lets you know that you shouldn't have to live up to to. You know, it was a different age for one, and you're a different person. Right. So, uh, this is and to the, Don Shula. Yeah. To Don, or as we call him, Don Freak Nasty Shula. Freak Nasty! Freak Nasty! Because <laughs> what people forget is that he played cornerback, and he was a badass cornerback mm. in his day. Props to you, Don. You hit 90, and then you said, fuck it, I'm out. You had a hell of a career. Undefeated in life, undefeated on the field. Fucking Don Shula, people. Raise a glass. He's going to be up there coaching Sean Taylor. (laughs) Oh, man, that schnapps is fucking good. That is good. If it was cold, that would be even better. Like, if it was ice cold, ooh. Snaps. Where the fuck did you get that? I'm going to give me a bottle of that shit. (laughs) Well, I still have, like, a whole big half bottle, so you can drink some more of that. Okay. We're about to get into some more of that schnapps. Yeah, snappy schnapps. (laughs) Uh, before we get into this, I had something really funny happen. Uh, I just decided to just start it, you know, answering a bunch of, uh, phone calls that I didn't even know the number to. And, <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, you have all these random numbers that call you daily. I'm pretty sure you have the same thing. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so one Never of the random numbers that, uh, called me the other day, I was actually driving somewhere, I was at work, and, um... Uh, they called and uh, uh, they were like, "Yeah, uh, we're we're from the uh, the the warranty office." And I was like, uh, "A warranty office of what? Like, what, what kind of?" They warranty? didn't say what company it was. Yeah, they said the warranty office. Uh, I was like, "The warranty office of what?" And he was like, "The vehicle warranty office." I was like, "That's what you're called." And they were like, yeah, we, we, we're the ones that do the warranties on the vehicles or whatever. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, uh, so uh, uh, which uh, vehicle are you talking about uh, doing the warranty on? Is it my uh, H2 Hummer, the Canary Yellow one? And it was like, they were like, yeah, yeah, it's the Canary Yellow Hummer. And I was like, oh, that's great. That would be awesome if I had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they hung up. <laughs> They're like, oh, we've been had. <laughs> Abort mission, he knows. Like, you can tell that's a fucking scam. Because it's like... Uh, How would that work? Uh, who the fuck would fall for that? There's in, in the People, reason- please be careful, because stuff like that's going to be calling all the time right now. Yeah. With people being broke. Yeah. These scams are going to pop up out of anywhere. It'd be like, hey, uh, you know, if... Uh, you know, since the coronavirus and everything, uh, you know, we're we're gonna be, you know, you know, giving away money. Give us your information. <laughs> and then you're, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure with this uh, this uh, mail-in voting thing that they're trying to get passed, uh, there's gonna be people before it even's passed. They're gonna be calling you asking for votes and if they can get your address and your number and all this kind of stuff so they can send you ballots. Don't do it. You're pre-registered whenever you get your driver's license. In pretty much every state, they're going to send you a ballot if they do mail-in voting for primaries. Right. You don't have to do anything. They're going to send you a ballot. Yeah, there isn't going to be somebody that calls you and it's like, oh yeah, I'm from so-and-so. Yeah, don't, don't. Give yeah. me your information and I can send you a ballot. It's like, no, they're just going to use that information to fucking identity theft you. And if you're worried you're not, 
go to your local DMV or office in person, social distance if you want, or you can go to the .gov sites. Don't don't take phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that's where all the scams happen. Scams and assholes are everywhere. But anyway, uh, Dark Fate. Oh, uh, yes. Terminator Dark Fate. What we're here to do. Okay. Uh, the budget of this movie was actually kind of high. It was $185 million. That makes um, sense. It made $261 million, though, worldwide. So it made money. It didn't make as much as Terminator Genesis, uh, but it did have a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is just really odd to me, because Rotten Tomatoes hates everything. Right, yeah. And especially if you go by the comments that I have on this, these people fucking hated this movie. So this is the only Terminator movie where Linda Hamilton has top billing, because all the other Terminator movies is Arnold. Yeah. Uh, so this is the only Terminator where, movie where she has top billing, even though in part one and two she is the main character. Yeah. The entire um, movie is really based around Sarah Connor. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Uh, Tim Miller's original idea for this was to make it without Arnold Schwarzenegger or Linda Hamilton. Uh, but James Cameron wouldn't let him do it. So I'm, I'm wondering, did the, does the main reason that James wanted to bring... Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to do a Terminator without Arnold, right? Because he's been in basically all of them. Yeah, Tim uh, wanted to do his own thing with it, and then James was like, no. Because Arnold was his friend, and then... He, he was married to Linda Hamilton before. Yeah. So, because he was married to her at the time when they made the second one, I think, wasn't it? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember relationship. if that. <laughs> I really don't know their personal relationship. I don't remember there. exactly, but I know that it. it it's but so I know James Cameron and Arnold are really good friends, and you don't want to make a Terminator movie without Arnold. Yeah, which is interesting. But I kind of do want to see a Terminator movie without Arnold. That way, I can compare it. Um, well, because like even in Terminator Salvation, they they use like his uh, his like body scan. And that to show the the T eight hundred models being made like in the factory. Yeah, that was towards the end. Yes, the because yeah, Christian Bale played. But the bottle double that they used in Genesis, they used the same one in this one too. uh, For for Arnold. Oh okay. I forget his name. I didn't I didn't write it down. Um, but one of the things that was interesting me before we get into it um, was, um. Kind of the name change of Skynet, I think, was just irrelevant. To change it to Legion? Yeah, because it would have been different if their plans were different. But after Skynet was destroyed, Legion rose up in their place, and Legion had the exact same plan as Skynet. What would be the odds of that (laughs) with the exact same future with different names? I don't think they they really thought that through. They should have just left it Skynet, because it sounds cooler than Legion. Well, yeah, because Skynet's, like, iconic. And it's like when you get into like the if they would have had like a different plan or a different strategy, it would have been interesting. But they didn't. They had the exact same strategy as Skynet. Right. Send something back in time to kill the thing that's going to destroy them. Yeah. Like literally, they had the exact same strategy. So it kind of makes me wonder if like 
because if you if you go based on the what happened at the end of Terminator spoilers in case you haven't seen Terminator Two. No spoilers but, uh, is way over. <laughs> Dude, if you haven't seen this movie, the Terminator in Two was years. made thirty years ago. <laughs> This so, is 2020. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but spoiler alerts have fucking expired. Right. Yeah. If you haven't seen Terminator 2 by now, or like if you if you clicked on this, your only excuse is you're one. Yeah. It's like I am, <laughs> I am a child and I have not had the opportunity to see Terminator yet. Why are you listening to an explicit podcast? Go to bed. <laughs> Anyway, for the adults that are still around, yeah, you've uh, seen this. You've seen you've seen these movies. So at the end of Terminator Two, right? The idea is is that um, they have to close the loop basically because if there's any tech that survives from Skynet, then they because that's what happened with the first movie is the Sarah crushes the uh, the Arnold mo- the the evil Arnold model Terminator in the hydraulic press. At the, at the factory, right? And they take its arm, and you see the arm in Terminator 2 because Miles Dyson and his team that's been working at Cyberdyne has been trying to figure out, like, the, the chip that was in the original Terminator's head. They're trying to figure out the circuitry and stuff of it because they're researching it, and they also have one of the arm, part of the arm, and the, the hand. So... The idea is at the end of Terminator 2, uh, they're like, you know, there's there's still some Skynet tech that's left. The T-1000's already been melted in the in the smelting pot. Uh, and so the T-1000's been destroyed, so there's no hope of that thing coming back. But the Arnold model Terminator's like, no, there's still, you know, there's still one more chip that's left. Uh, after you know, John had already thrown the original, the the one that Dyson had been uh, researching, and the arm, he threw that in there to destroy it. And there's one more chip left, and it's the one that's in the um, Uncle Bob Terminator, the good one. <laughs> and so he basically melts himself, sacrifices himself. And so the idea is, is that okay? Well, there's nothing left of humanity to get back to that future. But it's like, how does Legion? <laughs> it's like, is there some kind? Is there something amongst these AIs where they automatically, they at some point get to their technology point where they're like, the humans are a fucking problem. What can we do? And it's like the one checkmate move that they can think of is let's send some shit back in time and fucking just kill these people so they're not a problem in like the future. It's like it's like you're saying. How the fuck did they come up with the exact same plan? They come up with the exact same plan, but the only explanation that I can have, and I might I might be wrong. I wished I could actually just. I wish this episode I could literally get like James Cameron on the phone and, I and be like, yeah. "Hey, James, I got some questions." Yeah, and my main question <laughs> would be like, "Is the Terminator? Uh, did you draw inspiration from H.G. Wells to come up with the?" Uh, uh, um, you know the 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 revolving uh, timelines, which H.G. Uh, uh, Wells' theory was always what what has happened will happen again. It's kind of a rotation of time, like a loop. So what I thought of whenever I watched this was that James Cameron was somebody that was a fan of H.G. Wells, but I don't know that. I've never heard that in an interview. So if that's not the explanation, I, I really don't know what is. Uh, because H.G. Wells was kind of like the, um, 
kind of like the godfather of time travel uh, uh, science fiction stories. Uh, yeah, he was kind of like the first one to really write you about know, he it. He wrote the Time Machine. Yeah, like, the Time Machine, yeah, which was like the basically the first time travel novel ever written, pretty much. And uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like maybe he drew inspiration from that, but I've never hear, heard him say that in an interview. I've never heard anything like it. But if he like literally, he could answer my biggest questions about Dark Fate with saying that he was a H.G. Wells fan. Then like, okay, I get it. Yeah. And that, that, that could be just as simple as that. I could get this, like, whole thing completely. I, I still love this movie, but I could get it a lot more if he's just like, yeah, I drew a lot of inspiration for the Terminator from H.G. Wells, and I'm like, okay, I understand. <clears throat> because that means that you have a reason to continually do, um, basically, a, a cycle. You, you have a reason to cycle things in and out as you please because that's what H.G. Wells believed all of humanity was. Right. Even if you re- you read the history of the world, it's basically like different timelines ending the same exact way. Right. And if you know the actual history of the world, that is true. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like the old uh the the old adage is uh you know, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, but even those that do learn from history are repeated anyway because they just don't think that it's going to happen to them too. Right. It's like, you well, know, no, that that happened like a thousand. Oh, years we're ago. That we're smarter than them people. Like, yeah. they, no, you know, they no. I mean, you know, you know, who would have thought? No, that that bad decision by Cleopatra won't happen to somebody else in the future. And it's like, yeah, but it has hundreds of times since then. Yeah. You know, like 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 uh, sexism and rulers and stuff. It didn't even exist back then, but it exists now? How? They were more progressive than us. We think that... We, we always think of humanity as something that's growing, evolving. But no, it goes to a point, stops, resets. Goes to a point, stops, resets. Yeah. We just find... Whenever you're like, oh yeah, we're past racism. It's like, yeah, oh yeah. And then we just find something else to hate. That's how humanity is going. And that's the whole, I think that's the whole point of Terminator. I really do. I think I, I, I don't say all that just to preach. I think that's just the whole point of Terminator. Well, and so, okay, so this is the thing that has always uh, kind of been the, the philosophical thing is that uh, there's the part in Terminator 2 where, you know, um, Sarah decides, fuck it, I'm going to go kill Miles Dyson because I know that it's his work that leads to the creation of Skynet, basically. Uh, the work that he's doing at Cyberdyne. So then John's like, no fate but what we make. And, he, and then he's like, he's like, it's something that, you know, that, you know, my dad used to tell her was there, there is no fate but what we make for ourselves. So the idea behind Terminator is that there's there's two different ways to look at this. Either the actions that you do have a permanent impact on the future or that the future is already set and that no matter what you do, you're always going to be stuck in these situations. Kind of like you're talking about where it's like you think that you've solved a situation but then it loops back and it comes back around and you're like, fuck, I thought we already dealt with this. Yeah, you're talking about the butterfly effect compared to destiny. 
Right. Basically. Yeah. Is, is everything destiny, which is just predetermined, is something that you're going to do anyway in life, or is everything a ripple effect? Is it a cause and effect? Would Skynet exist? The, that is the craziest question that that's ever been asked. It, would Skynet actually exist if the Terminator was, wasn't sent back in time to begin with? Isn't that a crazy question? Well, that's, that's the chicken be- before the egg question. Right. How can you send something back in time if you don't exist? But would you have existed if you wasn't sent back in time? Well, because <laughs> that's one of the things that's kind of like, you know, when people, you know, kind of do like ideas behind Terminator and they, you know, they kind of dig into it. It's like the reason that they are advanced in their tech like they are is because Dyson's team has been studying that chip and it's been studying the arm. It has something that is not from their time, that microchip. Because even Dyson's like, he was like, then he's like, then we started looking at that chip and he was like, that has stuff that we've not seen before. Right. And so he's studying the architecture of how they built that microchip that's inside the, the T-800 series Terminators. And that's not shit that they've seen before. So his team's like, hey, uh, can we fucking build something exactly like this? How can we build a chip just like this? And Cyberdyne basically is what ends up you know, helping to lead towards Skynet. Because the Terminator models, the, the, the Arnold model Terminator, the T-800, is a Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. It is like considered kind of like the first of its, of its kind, but it's considered a Cyberdyne Systems. Right. But Cyberdyne wouldn't have been as advanced as they were if they didn't have the fucking arm from the T-800 and the chip. So it's like you're saying, it's the chicken and the egg thing. Yeah. Did... You know, was Skynet created because of the work that Cyberdyne did? But how did Cyberdyne get to that level of tech? It's because they've already fucking seen it. They can study it. They have yeah. the chip from the Terminator, and they're like, "How the fuck do we get this microchip to work like this?" Because this chip does not look like the kind of shit they have in the '90s. Because they can look at it, and they're like, "This is way fucking more advanced than anything we have yeah, right now." Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's the chicken for the egg thing. Like, it, could it, could they have actually existed if they wouldn't have sent the Terminator back in the first place? Right. But how they exist in that timeline to do that? John Connor doesn't exist without Kyle Reese because Kyle Reese is the one that impregnates Sarah. Exactly. All this is just like kind of a, a you know, I I don't know if Cameron's trying to say scientifically just because we can should we i think that might be the overall point he's trying to make it's kind of like the point that ian malcolm was making in jurassic park yeah it's almost we we spent so much time trying to figure out if we could we didn't bother to think if we should we should yeah (laughs) i think that might have been a lot of cameron's point too it's like yeah we can do this now because we we found this we found this thing it's just like uh, you know, we, we found, like, ancient computers and stuff like that, you know, in history and stuff like that. And then we never stopped to think, why is this ancient and buried relics? We never stopped to think. And I think, you know, like, Cameron might have, like, some ideas about that because he's a very creative person. So he he's also an explorer himself. Yeah, he's an explorer himself. So he's like, well, maybe this is what destroyed their civilizations. It's like this... 
these, you know, like computers and this technologies and stuff like that. Like Atlantis, because I know he's kind of always been fascinated with Atlantis. Yeah, that's why he's kind of had his own submarine. You know, he he wants to be the guy to find Atlantis and stuff like that. And he's just like, well, maybe they're they just got too much into technology, or they, you know, they might have killed themselves. Maybe they even came up with time travel, and then the time travel is something that killed them because the machines use it against them, or they use it against themselves. Or something like that. Like, these these theories are all plausible. Yeah. You know, like, the, these are things... With Atlantean technology, basically, they created this technology that ended up destroying them. Because even with, like, the... Even, like, something simple, like, uh, or not simple, like, see, even things like building uh, the, the pyramids and stuff like that. We don't even know how to build that today. Uh, so... Yeah. And we even have, like, cranes and all this big industrial Yeah, equipment. so what they say about that, and, uh, like, a lot of the periods ministry you see, the things that you don't, even if you're just like, oh, well, that's kind of small, it doesn't seem as big, they're, like, buried under the sand. Like, they, they go further and further. Like, well, like so much further Oh, down. the catacombs and everything. Yeah, yeah, beneath the ground and stuff like that. The chambers. And eventually, they, uh, before, they were actually, like, mostly above ground, but sand just started covering, like, piles and piles, because they've been there for thousands of years. Right. Uh, but the thing about it is, uh, I forget who said it, but they said that, uh, the, um, uh, whenever you can't figure something out, the thing that's, uh, everything that's plausible, uh, is eliminated, then the least plausible must be true. Uh, who was that that said that? Um, it was one of those signs. Maybe Homer? Uh, something, some, somebody like that? Uh... But like basically, it's it's kind of like what they were saying, like on like uh, the show Ancient Aliens. It's like they they've tried every like logical thing that happened. The only thing that they they haven't said that could have happened was was aliens. Right. And he was like, so that must be the answer. And he was like, because what else is? There's nothing else that makes any sense. Was that the the Giorgio Sukulos? Yeah, Giorgio Sukulos. The, the guy with the crazy hair that you always see in the, the memes. Basically, the star of the show. Right. Yeah, I like Giorgio. Because I wouldn't watch cool. that show if Giorgio wasn't on it. I would not yeah. watch it. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's, he's the guy. I love. I well, love and him. that's the thing too. Because he says stuff that kind of makes sense. I'm not saying I agree with everything he says because some of the stuff. Is but a I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he's. But I don't think he's saying like. Yeah, there's, you know, everything's like aliens or conspiracy. He doesn't talk like that, really. He's just like, whenever he's really passionate about something, he was like, well, tell me how you can explain it. And then it's like, well, there's no explanation. He was like, well, there you go. Yeah. What else is there? Like, uh, you know, everything that's plausible has been eliminated. Yeah. What else is there? Yeah. Did, Did they have lasers in ancient Egypt? Did, I mean, they, did they have things more powerful than cranes that we just haven't found? We found entire cities in Egypt, but we haven't found the machines they used to build the pyramids? Right. What do they do? Just disappear? Well, and if it disappeared, then it's like, how did it disappear? It's like, well, if it was a spacecraft, yeah, you know, then that would explain it. But I think that was one of the things that's sort of interesting about uh, like the Terminator series in, in particular is that... It's very much about um, technology going uh, crazy and getting out of hand. I think I think the best, uh, I mean, the two best science fiction uh, uh, movie franchises of all time have heavy philosophy in it, and that's the Terminator and the Matrix. Right. And you you can't argue with me that. 
Like those are especially the, two, the Matrix is especially like steeped in philosophy. Well, the Terminator is too because it's yes. Dan Cameron. He just doesn't spend an entire movie talking philosophy like you know the Wachowskis did. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh, he's not trying to hit you over the head with it because he's like, look, we're gonna throw a little bit of those little nuggets out there, and then boom, chase sequence. <laughs> yeah, chase sequence. Like the Cameron liked a little bit of action first. Like the Wachowskis by part three weren't afraid to spend. 45 minutes talking about philosophy right before the action even started and as much as i appreciate it i'm just kind of i was also one of those people who's like okay come on yeah let's, come on. as uh, much as i want to see neo kick ass Where's as much as i love to see keanu reese's beautiful face let me see him punch a motherfucker right. in there. Uh, let me see. He, they could have mixed it up a little in the third one. The second right. one I thought was pretty fine. I, I like the second one, but the third one started off super slow. Yeah, uh, they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're basically gonna get in the theater, and you're like, all right, this fucking third matrix. Let's see how this shit let's ends. Let's see some ass kicking. And, and it's, and like, it's like we're gonna spend time with this family in the train station for forty minutes, and you're like. Oh man, for real? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this this program with their kid, and it's like, wait, programs can have kids? And it's like, oh shit, we didn't explain that, did we? That doesn't even make any sense, does it? It's like, no, it doesn't. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's like, well, we 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 found this little girl we wanted to cast, so. I mean, fuck. She's adorable. <laughs> Look at her. It's like, yeah, she's adorable, but it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Programs can't have kids. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, this it's the computer learning attachments. Uh. <laughs> But um, the French guy was awesome, though. Yeah. Oh, the Merovingian. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so was uh, uh, what's her name? Um, the horny program. Um, she was in James Bond. What's her name? The, uh, uh, oh, oh, shit. Um, Goddamn, she was in. David, we've been drinking. I can't think of I it. She uh, was in Skyfall. Yeah. Um, or no, it wasn't Skyfall. It was a. Uh, it was um, Spectre. Was it Spectre? Uh, yeah, because uh, well, it was Spectre then. No, was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure what she was in Spectre because she's the uh, the Italian guy's uh, wife. Was she? Uh, fuck, I don't know. Um, shit, <laughs> it's gonna look really bad. When we can't remember her name. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Silence is the best way to do. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's just you just hear clicking. Monica Bellucci. Monica Bellucci. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Monica Bellucci, and then because um, she plays Persephone in the Matrix. Yeah, it's fucked it. up. I remember her character name before I remember the actual <laughs> the actress's name. But you know what? Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Monica Bellucci. Monica Bellucci. Uh, but anyway, this isn't about the Matrix. We probably shouldn't even. Uh, Look that up, but yeah. Right. <laughs> but that was going to bug me until I could figure this out. But the the, the one thing that uh, people have been sort of bitching about, especially when it comes to, you know, like Genesis and then this movie, is that people feel like they just kind of have a formula and they're like, okay, we're going to basically structure a lot of stuff like Terminator 2 and... Because it was so, it was such a good structure. We're just going to do that, rinse, repeat. And a lot of people are like, "That's lazy," to writing. And to a degree, I, I agree with them. 
But yes. the thing well, about let's get into a comment. Let's so, get into a comment. So basically, I'll just go ahead and read it, and then we'll break it down. So it says uh, it's it's badly paced, illogically structured, and poorly acted with uh, with weakly written story and forgettable characters, with a lack of substantial plot and character growth that rather feels like a collection of random scenes instead of an actual feature film. Even though it tries to legitimize and justify itself as using uh, cheap and ineffective screenwriting methods. Uh, throughout the entire movie, I felt like, haven't we seen this scene in one of the previous movies? Same old chases, same cliche sentences, same theme of the previous movies of how a certain person is going to be the leader of the future and therefore needs to be protected and mostly similar methods throughout the entire movie of trying to terminate the Terminator. Well, this movie isn't. Uh, well, th- well, this movie isn't a complete flop. Schwarzenegger had a top-notch performance as a supporting actor, and Linda Hamilton and Mackenzie Davis gave a solid uh, gave solid performances. The folks that need to be blamed the most for this debacle are the folks who wrote the script and whomever approved this fiasco. Beyond the stuff I wrote above, I really cannot figure out. Which crackhead said that it's necessary to kill John Connor as a kid in the first scene of the movie when we've already seen him as an older teenager and as an adult in the previous movies? Uh, They could have just said he's living underground or something of that sort and the future has changed. Well, it's one of those blunders that it could have been easily avoided. Uh, I mean... It's hard for me to argue with some of that. He does make a point. Um, this movie... I mean, this movie's really good and fun to watch. Uh, and I, I, I like it a lot, but... I don't really have a lot to debate with what that guy just said. Because they could have done all those things. They could have. Uh, but they didn't. I mean, and that's something that you just have to live with. I mean, they, they didn't do that. And I think the answer to your question is who that crackhead was. I think that crackhead was James Cameron. <laughs> that, that, you know, that, that notorious that, crackhead James Cameron. That goddamn coke addict. <laughs> yes, he does uh, <laughs> pictures of him doing coke with Oliver Stone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Offer Renee Zellwecker's butt. Yeah. <laughs> They snorted cocaine off of Renee Zellweger's ass cheeks. That's that is documented. <laughs> no, we're just playing. Don't sue us. Uh, <laughs> no. Love you, no. Cameron. Um, what about but, Renee uh, Zellweger? Judy. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, the thing that that I think is, it, and that's one of the things about this. I can't. Movie. I can't. I, I'm going to be honest. I can't really argue with that guy much because they could have done all those things, and I understand where he's coming from. Because after so many years. I don't think that you can just say, well, you know, fuck all those, you know, other, what was it, let's see, uh, three movies that you've, yeah, three, yeah, this would be part six. Yeah. So fuck all those other three movies that you've seen before this, this is the direct sequel, and it's like, well, all the other movies have been basically about John Connor. Right. And then you're going to, like, start it and just like, you know what? Fuck that kid. <laughs> uh, As a kid, nobody gives a fuck about that kid. Just kill him off. Yeah, and it was like, well, I mean, we just watched five movies about John Connor, pretty much. 
Um, yeah, I mean, every movie is about him. I mean, even Salvation is Christian Bale playing an older John Connor actually in that universe. Uh, he's in the future. So it is a little hard to take, and I understand that. I mean, I think that's probably the biggest problem with this movie. It's just, it's too hard to take that John Connor is dead. And yeah, they, they could have made him where he had to go underground. That would have been a great, that's actually a great solution to this entire storyline. It could have just been like, well, John Connor just was overwhelmed and he went underground. Then you could have made a sequel to this and John Connor could have been back in it. And then you would have had two main characters. You could still could have had uh, Ramos. And I think we were talking about this today, actually. Like, they could have done something else with John Connor besides kill him. Well, and I think that... Because, like, the thing that they did with Genesis is they were like, yeah, we've used John Connor so much. Let's just make him a villain. Fuck it. Maybe he just joins Skynet because he's tired of dealing with the bullshit. And it's like... That's not really the right way to go about this either. Well, it's like, I think I think it would have been interesting if they wouldn't have put it in the trailer. <laughs> that was one of the biggest problems with Genesis. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, you watch the trailer and it's like, wait, wait, John Connor the bad Terminator guy? or like what the fuck is that? Like a thing that's supposed to look like John, but it's still a Terminator. What the? Because it kind of makes you going in like, I think. Do we already know the twist of this movie? And we did. And basically, yeah, what you see is what you get in yeah. that uh, uh, Amelia trailer. Clark was great in Genesis. And, uh, uh, Jacques Courtney is just a disappointment in every movie he does. But <laughs> that's not... Poor Jay Courtney. Uh, uh, that's not anything... Well, it is a lot to do with him, but like that's not to do with the movie itself. Do you... Do you okay, so let, let's, let's do this test. Better version of Kyle Reese. Right? Is it Jay Courtney or is it Michael Bean? Is that a joke? <laughs> See, I was trying. That was a test. Because if Steve would have been like, oh, Jay Courtney is the better Reese, I would have known that he's been fucking replaced. <laughs> Courtney, the best thing that he was uh, ever in was Divergent. Uh, oh, that's. Yeah, okay. That's where I remember him from. Okay, I was trying to remember where else I'd seen him. But. Um, He's, he, you know, Theo James kind of outshines him in that, too. So, I mean, it, it's just that guy, they always try to make him happen because they always try to put him in, like, some like some big movie situations. Kind of like how action stars try to do Scott Atkins because he's such a, like, he's such a badass in real life, like Scott Atkins, and they, they try to put him in everything. But he's not interesting. <laughs> he's so boring. Like, I love action stars, and I love badasses, but Scott Atkins is fucking boring. <laughs> like, like his, you know, like, the, they'll put him in movies, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that dude can fucking fight. And then, whatever, you try to put him in a starring role, though. You're like, who, who is this guy? Who, who, who's that guy? Oh, that's Scott Atkins. Okay. He's boring. <laughs> So, sometimes you got to know where to place people whenever you're doing movies. Like, you know, I, I, I like a lot of actors that, that might not be my main stars in movies and you know, stuff like that. Uh, you got to know when to do that. And then, uh, but in Terminator Dark Fate, it, it's very interesting because, you know, they do give Linda Hamilton the star and role in this. 
And um, I like that a lot. Well, I think it's mainly just because I've, I've always liked Linda Hamilton's I, I think of Sarah. I think that's the main point of this movie, actually. I think the main point of this is to, to, to give Linda Hamilton kind of props for all that she's done for, um, you know, for sci-fi and for action films. It's kind of James Cameron just being like, yeah, I mean, I wanted you and Arnold in it. I'm going to give you top billing. Um, yeah, let's see what happens. And um, Well, it, as far as like the, the lazy writing thing goes... And I'm not going to say that it, it, it doesn't f- feel lazy because at times it it does. But do you, the reason why I think it is is because Terminator 1 and 2 had a very distinct formula. And I think that the whole idea of Skynet or whatever the evil entity is in this case, because they, they keep trying to change that. Because even in Genesis it was different. It was... Um, it, it, Skynet wasn't exactly the same. It was like it was like an operating system that people had like on their like tablets and their phones and stuff wasn't like that. Wasn't it Genesis? It was it was Genesis. Genesis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. See, that's that's when you know that like the main thing of your movie that is named after doesn't feel as good as Skynet. It's like Skynet is is iconic, right? Yeah. And they're like, well, why don't we change it up and maybe it's not Skynet anymore? And it's like, no. It's like, but the problem with the formula goes is that the way that Cameron set it up, because he sets it up in the first movie, where it's like you have the Arnold model Terminator, the the evil Terminator, goes back in time to kill Sarah Connor so she doesn't get pregnant, she doesn't have John, and there's no leader of the human resistance, and that basically it ensures their victory. That's their checkmate, right? And then the humans find out that they've sent a Terminator back, so they're like... Well, we can send one of our people back. Who wants to volunteer? Kyle's like, I'll volunteer. I'll go back and I'll try to save Sarah from the Terminator. And then, okay, cool. Now you have your setup for your movie. The second one, they're like, okay, well, now they've created a, a better model of the original Terminator that they sent back. Instead of the 800 model, the Arnold model Terminator, now we have the T-1000. We're going to send that back. Maybe that will have a better uh, better chance of trying to kill John now that he's you know, he's actually out. It's like they weren't able to kill Sarah. Maybe they can just kill John directly now that he's been born and he's, he's been alive for like 10 years or whatever. Uh, how old is he supposed to be in Terminator 2? I think he's supposed to be like... 13? I don't know. Get to your continually point. (laughs) So, they've set up the thing, you know, you have the bad guy, then the good guy sends something back to help protect, and it's like they they basically, they're like aside from like salvation, which takes place in the future, they've copied the formula exactly in every movie. Right. And it's like are we just so are, are we too comfortable with what Cameron did that we can't think of a different way to write these? Or is it that they think that people will not watch it if it doesn't follow the Terminator 1, Terminator 2 formula? Do you think they're too afraid to change the formula? Or I think that Tim, this- yeah, I, I think Tim Miller was going to attempt to, and then... Uh, and then Cameron, the, Cameron cut him off? Stopped it, yeah. I, I, I do think, I mean, time travel is a... Um, 
you know, is something that, uh, you know, uh, is, is interesting in these, these Terminator movies, but it would kind of be interesting if the humans sent somebody in the future, you know, <laughs> you know, that, that would be, that would actually be kind of interesting if they're just like, Hey, you know what? We fucking, we, we stole this technology from the future and we took it to the past. Now we're going to send these people into the future. That would have been kind of interesting as well. That would have been a little bit of a twist. Do you think that the... Because, because what if they would have sent somebody in the future to stop that first Terminator from being sent in the past and destroy that Terminator and then destroy their time? See, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> so what if they did it in reverse where they're like, we know that they're going to send the Arnold Model Terminator back to 1984. What if we send something into the future... To fucking interrupt yeah. Skynet from doing that. Yeah, and it's like let's send let's send Sarah Connor in the future. Let's send you know twenty uh, six year old Sarah Connor. Let's send her in the future to fucking destroy the Terminator that's trying to trying to go in the past to kill her to keep John Connor and then have her destroy the time machine, and then it's over. Yeah, it's she, over. She then. basically closes the loop because now they they don't have any way of changing the past. Boom. Do we need to come work in Hollywood? <laughs> because a, that... I, we like this movie, too, but the, what we just said, better movie. Well, that's the thing is, movie. I feel like we've already brainstormed more ideas than they did. Yeah, they're like, they're you remember like, the first two things that we did? Let's let's do it again. Let's do that, but instead of it taking place in California, now it's in Mexico. We just went a little bit further south. <laughs> I think the Spanish people will appreciate it. You're right. Arnold's like, I'm going to run for governor of New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to, uh, to attempt to be the governor of New Mexico. It's like, but you already did the governor thing. I mean, can you do that again in a different state? It's like, Can you just move states? Is that like, a thing that governors... Can you do that? Is, can you just? I'm honestly asking. Thing? Can they do that? I don't know. I was gonna ask you if like that's something. Maybe because don't you have to have lived there for a certain amount of time before you can run to be governor? I, I, I think. Where does Arnold live? Uh, he still lives in California. Oh. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why he would have left California. Well, is there Let's a just... timeline on governors? Do they have twelve years instead of eight? Um. I, yeah, I think it's they can. I think they can serve like what is it? Three terms. Arnold served two. He did two terms as governor. He was eight years uh, as governor of California. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, lobbyists, you only make so much from dealing with them. You know, you wait make way more on movie productions. Yeah. Bribes can only get you. Bribes can only get you so far. It's like, I got to do politics because I thought it would be good for the country. And then I realized the money was shit. So I decided to go back. And uh, And then when he goes back... And then wasn't it wasn't the first movie that he came back to do was Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines? I think so. That was the first movie when he was like he was finally done as governor, and he was like, "Okay, well, if you guys are doing Terminator Three, I'm I'm down." And I like Terminator Three, uh, you know, because I I like the idea of like the the female Terminator, but it follows almost oh, Kristen exact- Locken, right? Kristana Locken, yeah, yeah, Kristana Locken, yeah, yeah she, she played the. Now? The uh, oh shit! I have no idea. I I, I, I thought she was doing like TV, but I haven't looked it up. So is she like on the Playboy Weather Channel or something? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. 
Poor it, thing. Is the Playboy channel still like a thing? Can I you... hope not. I hope not. I was just joking. Did, I, I hope because they used to thing. be like a thing. There was an actual Playboy channel. And... Yeah, I know. That's why I made the joke. <laughs> I hope that's not a real thing. I'm just kidding everyone. I, I just hope. I, I just want. I just want to see topless weather reports. Basically, that would be great. Go just watch Europe news. Yeah, it's like they I don't know what that. the fuck is going on in Finland right now, but I know this. They have that in Europe. I have. They have that in Europe because they're not all weird about sex like we are. Yeah. They're yeah they're a lot different about a lot of things but uh they're very open sexually and disease wise right (laughs) (laughs) they have a lot more diseases yeah (laughs) yeah you do know europeans plague everyone yeah um plus slipknot wrote the song my plague i'm just kidding i don't know if that (laughs) we're gonna get fucking sued by europe we're gonna get sued by europe (laughs) the whole fucking european union is gonna be like fuck those guys and their podcast they wanted to talk shit about us. We're fucking throwing all of our might at them. It's yeah. like, okay. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like so apparently we're getting sued by all of Europe. Of Europe? Europe it's like, Boris seriously, Boris Monaco Boris. was pissed at us? They're a yeah. fucking principality. We've seen Boris city. Johnson in court. Right, yeah. The guy's wig kept falling off. <laughs> His teeth falling out. He looks like Mr. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the horse. horse is better looking. Yeah. Um... But, uh, okay, so we're going to go take a break here, and then when we come back, um, we're about to get woke. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're I, about know. To, I know where this is We're about going. to get fucking woke. I know where this is going. <laughs> Just as a teaser. Woke. One thing I will say about Brad Fidel's music is that, like, when you hear that shit, you are like, fuck, I'm ready to go fucking battle. Let's do this. His music is so, it is so, uh, I don't, I don't know what, how to describe it it's exactly. Pre, it's pre-Volbeat. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like something that Volbeat would come up with now. Right, yeah. But it, it, you know, it's like, it just kind of, it just kind of gets you pumped up because you're like, yeah, like, when you hear that that terminator music it's like you just you kind of get into like a whole new uh set of mind you know new new mindset it's like uh and maybe it's partially because like you know as a like the terminator franchise has, has always been one of my favorite franchises that's why i always i'm probably a little bit more lenient with this than probably some other people are you know as far as like um not taking the movie too seriously and trying to, to dig into... Well, some would argue that those are the people that are taking it too seriously is the, the people um, that grew up on this. Because isn't that kind of the whole whole thing where uh, the, the new generation thing is being ruined by fanboys of the old generation, like Star Wars? <laughs> or they're just... Are we talking about J.J. Abrams now? <laughs> No, um, not necessarily J.J. Abrams is but I think totally at fault for what happened to Star Wars. It's just the fanboy perception of everything. That's right. that's what I'm saying. But yeah, let's go on with this. I don't want to go off on a tangent on that, but I'm just saying the fanboy yeah. per- uh, perception of everything is very real. Yeah. Well, and so... Um, 
one of the things about this movie in particular was like a lot of people when they looked at the trailer they had these like preconceived notions of what they thought the movie was going to be and I'm like it was like how can you have like that much from like a trailer that that doesn't really explain like a ton of stuff it just it just shows you some of the action sequences a little bit of dialogue and then people wanted to be like oh it's got all this stuff in it that's all this agenda stuff and yeah feminist agenda this is what we're about to get into right <laughs> so uh, so basically, here's here's what I uh, what I have in the notes. So it says uh, I literally wanted to turn it off after uh, 15 minutes. It was that bad. Everything from the script, the acting, the casting, it was all just bad. Uh, more wokeness from the social justice warriors have taken over Hollywood. I think the next Terminator needs to be a uh, gay black man T5000 against an Asian trans woman T7800. And it should take place in Haiti for the inclusivity. I would, uh, I would like to see that. <laughs> Did you imagine? <laughs> a black man and a trans woman fighting as Terminators in Haiti. That's a fucking great That sounds movie. actually kind of awesome. That especially if like awesome. the Especially if the gay black man is like RuPaul or something. Wouldn't that they be funny? They get RuPaul and then they get... Well, I know that's not... No, that's not it. Uh, maybe not... Technically, what he said, but like RuPaul versus like uh, what was uh, what was her name? Uh, uh, shit, um, from Orange is the New Black. Uh, uh, oh, um, shit. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the the uh, the, the the trans lady. Um, oh shit! I, I the trans lady from Orange is the New Black and like RuPaul. Like as Terminators, as Terminators, the fighting and fighting each other, right? And it's like, but the thing is, is that robots can't be gay. They don't have a, they don't have sexuality. That's true. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I'll continue. So it says uh, there's also that blonde uh, man robot thing that defines categorization, both gender wise and human wise. The man robot thing. Yeah, they're talking about Grace. Yeah. Wait, she looked like a man? So, the, so, yeah, so it says there's also that blonde man robot thing, in quotes, that defines, cate- the, the defies categorization, sorry, both gender wise and human wise. If you, if you judge her manliness by the grade of Justin Bieber, <laughs> yes, she's more manly than Justin Bieber. Yes, definitely. But it's like, and what do you. I've been trying to figure out why is it that people thought that Grace looked manly, and I'm like, well, she's literally wearing a man's clothes because when okay. she when she first gets dropped, you know, into Mexico to try and find uh, Danny Ramos, who she's trying to protect, right? The first people that she comes up uh, uh, that she she comes to is this uh, is like this Mexican couple that's like making out by the car, and so. You know, she had they like the police show up or whatever because they're like, "What the fuck?" There's like this naked woman here. Like, what's going on? She, and she is the, a beautiful person. She yes. is to me personally. She's a joy to look at. She, yeah, she is very attractive. Yeah. Uh, and if that makes her manly, then I guess I'm attracted to men. <laughs> That's which, a sexy ass man in that case. Which, which, which? Uh, uh, no, no bullshit. I'm not gay, but I have been attracted to men before, like Johnny Depp. I mean, he's very attractive. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't actually have sex with him, but he he is very attractive. So it, and the other thing too is like if you ever, uh, if, for anybody out there that you know maybe isn't aware of our show, um, we we've always liked John Hamm because he's just an awesome dude and like holy fuck the dude actually looks like Bruce Wayne in real life. Yeah, John Hamm <laughs> should be Batman, but Robert Pattinson also. Sexy motherfucker, <laughs> and just like let, let's just go off on this. Let's let's see what the sexy gauge is because we have no problem with our sexuality where we're talking about men and women, but like like Justin Timberlake, a fucking nine, right? <laughs> the dude is up there, and he almost gets an extra point just for the singing and the dancing. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I think Ryan Reynolds actually loses some points with me because he's a dick. <laughs> um, like Hugh Jackman, like an eight. Like Hugh Jackman's an eight. He's a beautiful motherfucker. That's a beautiful man. Yeah. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren's a ten to me. Like that's the ten. Yeah. Of men. Uh, Johnny Depp probably right there. Yeah. Um. But like, like we're talking. You know, we're talking about this, this, uh, this woman that's supposed to look like a man. She is fucking gorgeous. She's not. She's not. That's the thing I think with a lot but, of people is like she has a short haircut and she's literally wearing a man's tank top and like his jeans because that was the because she's a little bit taller and the woman that she found was was going to be too small. She wouldn't be able to wear her clothes. Right. So the guy that she's with, that's actually more like her size because she's a little taller, and so because you can see her sizing him up. Uh, like, yeah, I could probably wear the stuff that he's got on. So she takes his clothes. But what does that make you think of? Like, something like Sigourney Weaver. Uh, back in the day, like, yeah. people were like, oh, she's very manly. Yeah, when we did, um, the Ghostbusters, uh, when we did the Ghostbusters movies for Halloween, that was our Halloween episode, and people were like, uh, she looks like a boy. And yeah. I'm like, if you think Sigourney Weaver looks like a boy... I don't know what the fuck is going on in your world. Let me tell you something that I think about Sigourney Weaver. 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 <laughs> Steve, Steve took that shit back to the Bronx, baby. What? Sigourney it, Weaver. It, 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 slips out. <laughs> it slips out sometimes. I'm just saying. Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. It just, yeah. it, it just slips out. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Sigourney Weaver's a 10. She is a perfect 10. Like, she is beautiful. That's my rating of her. Sigourney Weaver, 10. Yeah. Like, she is fucking hot. Like, uh, and people always have problems with this. Like, going back to Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, whenever she was doing, like, you the know, Halloween the Halloween movie. movies and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It's like, oh, yeah, she they got kind of like a dude-looking chick to, to be the sister or whatever. And it's like, Jamie Lee Curtis, 10. Have you ever seen True Lies? you ever seen it? Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Arnold's thinking, you know, during the process of that, like, oh man, this is this is gonna probably be when tough. the casting happened. Arnold's like, Jamie Lee Curtis, really? And then the movie happened. He's like, holy fuck, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, ten. <laughs> well, yeah, and that, that's the thing too. It's like, I think a lot of times, you know, people like when they when they look at something like this, they're gonna be like, okay, well, she has the short haircut. And then she's literally wearing like a man's tank top and his pants, and then they're like they're trying to make her look androgynous, and it's like so. So let's say for instance, let's say let's take somebody random off the top of my head, Emma Stone. 
Yeah. Uh, let's say Emma Stone cut her hair short, put on a life beater and some 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 jeans. You tell me you would hit she that? ugly now? Is does, she a boy now? Does that make her look like? Does that make her look like a fucking frat boy? Yeah. No. No. She's still. She's still Emma Stone. She's still hot as fuck. Well, because I, um, I remember seeing like uh, because uh, Emma Watson didn't she cut her hair? Yeah, short she for cut her hair short. And you I know think what? she looks better with her hair. I short. was about to say she even looks fucking hotter because she's still like her face is still sexy as fuck. And this real look. It's really hard for me to say that about Emma Watson, just to be honest, because I grew up on Emma Watson. I watched every Harry Potter movie. I've read every Harry Potter book. So it's even more harder for me to say, oh, Emma Watson's hot. Because at that point, everyone that watched Harry Potter growing up, like going through the phases, knows what I'm talking about. But she is hot. Because to everybody else, it's like, that's Hermione, and it's like, it's... It's weird to say it's that weird. she's weird. Yeah, because you're like, oh man, I remember seeing her when she was like a little kid, and she wasn't. Yeah, even you of watch age. the first movie, and she's like, <laughs> you know, she she's like ten. You yeah, know? and you're just you now you you know then you see her later, and then you're just like, oh yeah, she's so hot, and it's just so weird to even say, but it's true. Well, there's the thing. It's like. Um, I th- I think that that's one of the things that uh, that happens a lot with. Like Hollywood is, uh, and I'll get back to the comment here in a second. But we had to stop because this is it, you I guys just, know how the show works. Yeah, yeah I, I have to I have to finish the rest of the comment. But um, the the thing about it is that like people would would look at her in the trailer and they're like, oh, well, they're trying to make they're they're trying to have like. You know this person be like androgynous, where they're kind of male, they're kind of female, because they're trying to push some sort of transgender agenda. And I'm like, I'm like, the main thing with with like Grace in this movie is that like she is here for a mission, she is here to get shit done. Yeah, like she's not like sexualized in any way. And for a lot of people, they're like. No, well, neither is Linda Hamilton, for that matter. Like, Sarah Connor is not made to be, like, a sex object in this movie, you know, uh, or anything The only like fuck that. meat in this movie is Arnold. Not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 71-year-old Arnold. Goddamn. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> no, nah, he's, still, he's still in great shape. He no, he still is in good shape, especially in this movie. He's still very much in great shape for his age. Uh, but... You know the thing. The thing that always gets me is like when pe- people they have like this thing where if they see a woman in a movie that's just doing what she has to do and isn't like somebody's love interest or isn't dressing sexy or something, then they're like, "Well, there's obviously got to be an agenda here." Well, now, now if the female character is the main character of a movie of a franchise that was pre-existing. Uh, they say it's some type of feminist agenda, which right. really Sarah Connor's always been the main character of Terminator, so that's not a feminist agenda. And there's already been a female Terminator, like type character, so that's not anything new. Yeah, that was that was Christina Locken. She played the, the TX model. Yeah, so those two things are total bullshit. That's just created by a bunch of sexist fuck bags. Boys. 
fuck boys. Uh, fuck bags or fuck boys or uh, uh, um, fuck sex and candy. <laughs> uh, uh, if you guys remember uh, Buff Bagwell from uh, wrestling in the 90s, uh, we will call these people fuck bagwells. <laughs> fuck bagwells. There we yeah, go. Man. A bunch of fuck bagwells. Right. Uh, has just, you know, kind of polluted. The, the the ozone layer that that's just like you forget like a lot of sci-fi movies and a lot of horror movies uh even back in the day like the 90s and the 80s were women led they were female leads what was who was the main character of uh, alien and aliens it was Sigourney weaver it was ripley right yeah it was Sigourney weaver who who is the who is the main character of halloween that would be jamie lee curtis Actually, who was the original main character of Jason? Friday the 13th. It was the mother. It was the mom, yeah. Because the mom was killing the counselor kids in the first movie. Females have been leads for a long time. It's only recently with this new woke generation i that's though they call themselves, which is actually probably the most close-minded generation that we've ever seen. Because they are creating the narrative that this is a problem, whenever originally this was never a problem. Yeah. Well, the, even we gave like, lead characters to females constantly through the 90s. Yeah. And through the 80s. And the 80s. And then now, in the 2000s, now it's a problem where no one gets the lead character <laughs> as females are, are uh, uh, race. Uh, you know, or uh, of any uh, like color, because of now they're saying that's always been a problem, but it hasn't. It hasn't. No, and, <laughs> and even if you look to like uh, you know, in like the the horror movie <laughs> genre, a lot of times the main character is usually a female. If you go to the original like Hellraiser movies, the the good ones, <laughs> the main character besides like Pinhead and the Cenobites is Kirsty. Kirsty is the main character because, you know, she's the character that ties, like, the first three movies together. Yeah. You know? So it's like, uh, there's, like, something that's fucked up about this new generation where everything has to be an agenda or politicized or something. Can we please get back to a point in time in movies where women could be main characters in movies and nobody thought anything different of it? Yeah, no I one really was wish like, we could get yes. back to that time. A woman's are you know the reactions either yes, a woman's lead character are like oh, oh it's good it'll be a woman huh feminist agenda right this fucking Mulan movie why the hell's the main character a female that's like be because this is based on a true story this is a fucking real woman that actually did this shit yeah it's like this is real right <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> Why is this a thing? Did we cross dimensions? I always remember this not being a problem, and then now in this new generation, it's a problem. Did at some point me and John just walk over a different dimension, and we just don't remember? Yeah, there's like this new woke generation that's like, uh, it's like you remember how bad it was, how hard it was for people to get these jobs back in the day. It's like, no, actually, I don't fucking remember that yeah. because I remember all these female characters. Getting fucking, uh, like, uh, you know, I, maybe, maybe we blanked it out. Maybe we wanted to live in a world where fucking, uh, the best presidential candidate didn't try to finger his secretary. I mean, <laughs> uh, 
this is this is a world that we always constantly try to live in, and also uh, d- don't vote for anyone. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. It whenever I'm trying to talk about politics, there we don't talk about politics. Vote for Cthulhu 2020. Cthulhu, yes. yeah, Cthulhu, Cthulhu. He's the ancient one. Uh, he's been around longer than any of these presidential candidates, so yeah, you know he's seen. Do a write-in ballot. Just for uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> We're just going to vote in Robert Downey. I, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's like... Because uh, basically we're, we're either going to vote in, like, uh, Jim Baker or Jim Baker. That's basically our options right now. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> we're all going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, yeah, if you guys know who that is, then props to you. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I think to finish up this particular point, it's, uh, there's something that's fucked up about this newer generation that just, they just can't fucking enjoy a movie without having to put some kind of an agenda or a spin. It's like the new Star Wars movies. They're like, oh, well, Ray's only here because they've got to have a female main character and they've got to make Kylo Ren look like a pussy. He's got to look like he's weak because, you know, he's a misogynist and we've got to make sure that these misogynistic dudes get put in check. Look, to me, the the new Star Wars movies are more about the actors because I I don't think the stories are necessarily that good in the new Star Wars movies, but Adam Driver's goddamn amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, Oscar Isaac is Poe Dameron. Oscar Isaac. Love him. I think Daisy Ridley is just not a great actress. <laughs> Steve's not a big fan of Daisy Ridley. I, just, I would say that I, I like her well enough. I but, think she's inspirational, but yeah. I think she's also boring. But, but like, one of my, like, uh, you know, favorite people from this newer Star Wars is, was well, John Boyega, because the way he, he does Finn is just great to me. Oh, I like John Boyega. I love John Boyega. I think he's awesome. Uh, Although I think he should have died in The Last Jedi. I mean, yeah. But, uh, you know, when you sign that three-movie deal, it's like, I'm not dying anytime soon. I got three of these fucking things to do. But, you know, that's that's one of the problems with signing, like, a three-movie deal is you're like, well, we know they're in a three-movie deal, so they're not dying in the middle part, even though he probably should have. Probably would have made more sense if he'd actually sacrificed himself. Because the story ended himself. shittily. You know, <laughs> the ended story to... ended shittily. <laughs> shittily. Shittily. <laughs> uh, okay, but I'll go ahead and continue this this point Let's so we it. can finish this next part. Um, uh, it says, uh, the evil Terminators still want to take over the world, but they're going to learn not to mess with angry feminists. Our old beloved characters are gone, dead. Move over, John Connor, you useless male. Now we have a new, <laughs> a new uh, savior, and she's gonna save womankind. Nat- Natalia Reyes is humanity's new last savior. Uh, she's a combination of Cal Reese, uh, Sarah, and John Connor, all rolled into one. Mackenzie Davis is the sexy, kick-ass super soldier from the future, and Linda Hamilton is back as a battle-hardened, crusty old badass. Oh and Arnie! Oh and uh, oh and uh, Arnie makes a weak and embarrassing comeback as a reformed male willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for the female cause. No cliches here at all. Using only their wits and a whole lot of estrogen, they will save humanity from this evil patriarchal scourge. Wow, that's what's called controlling the narrative, right? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that's that somebody totally misplaced. Of this is somebody who has a hotkey to the Breitbart fucking news yeah. on their computer. They're like, yeah, let's see what's going on with a feminist agenda today. Yeah, he's it's like, whoa, hold up, Rush Limbaugh. Why don't you actually watch the movie and really yeah, enjoy he, it for what it is? He's not going to the fucking uh, what was it called, the uh, Sarah Lee Art fucking Institute. <laughs> uh, Sarah Lee, the company that makes the bread. <laughs> I might have said that wrong. Sarah, Sarah something Art Institute. Uh, I think it is Sarah Lee Art Institute. Well, uh, in New York. Uh, shit, you might be right. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. We'll just sure. call it the Sarah Connor Art Institute. That's why you uh, right. know, you at me. The only no, thing, the only me. thing that Sarah Connor likes to paint in is blood. Yeah. So. Rain and blood. It's the Sarah Connor Slayer Institute. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, that sounds uh, more like it. Rain and blood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're so, a terminated, motherfucker. <laughs> you're a terminated, motherfucker. Score by Slayer. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I want to see a Terminator. Okay, so well, when we were taking our break, we were, Steve was kind of pitching his idea for like, hey, what if they send Sarah Connor into the future to fuck up the Terminators and close the loop so they can never send anything back again. Fucking destroy their machine. The humans can't send anything back. Whatever happens, fucking happens. We're just going to do this. No more time travel bullshit. None of that kind of stuff. So Steve's giving me his sales pitch. If he would have told me at the end of that, oh, and the score is going to be Slayer music, I would have been like, I'm just going to blow my load right now. Yeah, so we'll, I call, see that. we'll call that movie Terminator, Rain and Blood. Right, yeah. Scored by Slayer, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Did you imagine a Terminator movie directed by Quentin? <laughs> Quentin would be like, James Cameron, look, man, I have a lot of respect for you, fellow director. I love your work, but you can fuck off. I'm doing my own thing. I'm yeah. editing my own movie. I'm not 100% sure if Quentin Tarantino would have any respect for James Cameron. <laughs> Just to be honest, from what I know about Tarantino, he probably has zero respect for James Cameron. Not even like a little bit, just like as a professional courtesy? No, like respectful, not. Like, hey, I know that you've made some pretty high-grossing movies, but, uh, but they're well, shit. Tarantino doesn't care about the money that they made. Like, uh, James Cameron is the highest grossing filmmaker of all time but he yes. isn't the greatest filmmaker of all time those are two different things well yeah but a lot of people would argue that if you've made the most money then you've had the most impact so but I'm not saying that Cameron having said that then the Russo brothers are the greatest directors of all time and they're not they're just not they're no, great for the MCU, though. Uh, uh, being the greatest filmmaker be, means bringing the most to the to cinema. Yeah, like that doesn't even mean like your your film with the most success. It means being the the filmmaker that brings the most to cinema. You mean like influential wise? Yes. Which so, means Quentin Tarantino would be top five at uh, you know the in the least. Um. So, real quickly, since we're on this subject, right? Uh, Stanley Kubrick. Okay, so I was like, okay, so would you consider Kubrick? Kubrick's number one. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, It's probably number two. Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, It's probably number three for me. Uh, What about Lucas? uh, Number four is probably George Lucas. And number five, uh, probably... Oh, like shit. Hitchcock? 
probably Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good call. Because I'm like, a lot of people, especially people that grew up watching, like, uh, thriller movies and, like, horror movies and stuff, like the original Psycho, which also featured Jamie Lee Curtis's mom as the main character, another female main character, was in Psycho. Feminism. Feminist agenda from the fucking Women work. Fucking feminist. Yeah, get back letting, in that kitchen. Letting women work, serve your man. Right. Serve your man. It's we, like do, that's, we do not endorse any of that. That is just bullshit. We're bullshitting you people. That yeah. we hear in our comments. But, uh, but yeah, it's like... Uh, but that's the thing. It's like... Um, you know, when it... Uh, when it comes to, like, uh, people that are like... You know, well, you know, basically they killed off John Connor so they could elevate Sarah Connor... And stuff like that. It's like, there's going to be people that obviously aren't going to like the fact that John Connor gets killed in this. And I mean, it kind of sucks, but I, I mean, mean and, and I don't. I didn't think that it was to be like, yeah, fuck John Connor because of women. Right, yeah. You That's know. not the point of this. It's not like, well, they killed off John so they could just focus like pretty much entirely on Sarah. And also, Tim Miller directs this movie. Yeah. It's not like, you know, like uh, uh, fucking Wonder Woman chick directs this movie or anything like that. Like, it's not like a woman that directs this movie that's trying to push a feminist. So, with Patty Jenkins? Yeah, Patty it? Jenkins. Yeah, that did Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's and, not and, like and that. Since I've seen Miller. Wonder Woman now, uh, because... It doesn't push a feminist agenda either. It's just a no. really good Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Because I, I didn't know shit about Wonder Woman. I ended up watching like a YouTube video one day that was like explaining like the origins of Wonder Woman and you know how she was in the comics and everything. Because and, I didn't know shit about her. I, I didn't grow up like reading comics, really. You know, and it's like my, you know, my exposure to like Batman was really from like the movies. So, you know, it's like for me, this comic book stuff, I have to kind of look into it a little bit before. I didn't know shit about Captain Marvel before I watched that. But I looked up a YouTube video that was like explaining her powers and where she came from in the comics and like that kind of stuff. But it's like watching the Wonder Woman movie because I hadn't seen it yet. After having watched that, I'm like considering that it was... You know, for the at least the beginning chunk of the movie, it's you know all the Amazons. It's entirely a female culture. It's directed by a woman. You know, Gal Gadot is the main character as Wonder Woman, and it's uh, it's a very well done movie. It's I would put it up there as as one of my favorites. Like my favorite of like the DC movies that they've done in this like DC universe. My favorite would be Man of Steel, and then my second favorite now would probably be Wonder Woman, because I liked it a lot. I thought it was really well done, and and I had no expectations. I didn't know what to think of it because, you know, my exposure to Gal Gadot is really from like the Fast and the Furious movies. I hadn't seen her in much, you know, and I'm like, I think she did a yeah, good job. And I've watched Woman. all the Fast and Furious movies, and I can honestly say I barely remember. Her her in any of those yeah she's way i think she i think but the, she was amazing as wonder woman yeah she did a good job with it even though she can't do accents <laughs> so she made everyone else tall like bow rat but, <laughs> hey, she, she, i mean hey she she's from israel man it's just it's its own thing you know she's got that jewish accent yeah like that real any, jewish accent yeah, you shouldn't have it have to, any type of talent if you're from Jerusalem. <laughs> it's yeah. like look if you're from Israel you're just stuck with that accent and it's like uh, 
Unless it's like, you're Natalie Portman. Right. Yeah, because she, cause she's from Israel, actually. Yeah, she's from she? Israel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then you can be an amazing, talented person with all type of vocal skills. Yeah. But Gal Gadot gets a pass because that's expected. Because she's hot. I Natalie guess. Portman's not hot, though. No, she's... Who's hotter? hotter? Yeah, Natalie who's hot, Portman's who's hotter, hotter. Than Gal Gadot? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I would agree with that. I would second that. Not to say that Gal Gadot... You know the fucking hot. game, Gal Gadot? Yeah. Just compared you to Natalie Portman and you lost. Yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, how many women are actually going to compare to Natalie Portman? Well, Let's everyone be... else needs to get on the goddamn game, don't they? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm take a shot for, Nat, for Nat's port. <laughs> Nat's port? Oh, did you make new shots? I didn't even notice. I did. Okay. It's uh that one apparently is for Nat Sports now. I that, didn't know who that was going to be for me, uh, you know, for but that, that's all Nat Sports. Schnapps for for Nat Sport. <laughs> Nat Sport. Ah, good old. I, I would love if she made her own drink that just called that's just called Nat Sport. That would be great, yeah. And it tastes like this this peach schnapps. Yeah, what, this is De Kuiper, isn't it? Yeah, De Kuiper. Yeah. I would love some Nat's Port. Peach Knops. Yeah. Get on that shit. Yeah, make that shit happen. Tiny ass Padme. <laughs> uh, but uh, there's so many people that complained about the fact that like the three main characters are all women. Because it's, it's Danny Ramos, it's uh, you know Grace, and then Sarah... And everybody was like, God damn oh. women getting roles. It's Fire like, them all. Yeah, it's like, so it's got to be three men women, in right? And, like, the bad guy is the man who's the Hispanic-looking, you know, it's Gabriel Luna. He's, like, the Hispanic Terminator. You know who they should replace uh, whenever they kick Amber Heard out of the Aquaman role? For her actual abuse of Johnny Depp instead of... Yeah, her, uh, her douchebaggery. They yeah. should replace her with Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be some shit? It's like Johnny Depp's been cast in an Aquaman too, and you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" What? Yeah, he's the princess. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like of our hearts. And it's like that is. I'll I'll watch it. It's like I, you know, that's gonna be that's probably gonna be badass. Okay, I'll yeah. watch it. That's pretty good. You guys still have Jason Momoa, right? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like we're in then. Yeah, it's like we're in. Um, if you got the <laughs> combination of. No, nah, it'd be it'd be fucking hilarious if she gets fired and the fucking Lily Rose Depp gets fucking casted. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh god, I want to see that now. <laughs> it'd be like eat a dick. You try to ruin his career. You fucking failed, you whore. Yeah. And now it's time now, for the pay. Now the role that was yours now goes to his daughter. His daughter's daughter. Yeah. And she's actually more gorgeous than you anyway. So whatever. Yeah. Uh. But uh, it's it's like I don't understand what it is about people. There's some there's some super insecure people that watch this movie and they're like, yeah, you, you can't have three women as the lead man. That or as the that means characters. that you're so you're, you're doing a feminist agenda. I mean, right? That means they're trying to take down men. They're trying to take like, down the it, matriarchy. It's like is that is that a joke? Right. This is some Alex Jones shit. This is the is this the kind of shit Alex Jones talks about? This is this about has to be to so, this the... has to be off of a Joe Biden podcast. <laughs> it's like, oh, I I only pinned her against the wall and fingered her. I'm pretty cool, right? <laughs> I didn't really hurt her. 
it's like just, it's like this is just it was some, only two fingers. It wasn't like it was three. It's like she can get over it. It's like dude, dude, go fuck yourself. Like, look, I enjoy women in movies because I like to look at them, you know, more than I like to look at men a lot of times, and especially whenever they're 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 such great actors and actresses and stuff like and you can be surprised by them it does, it actually shouldn't matter what gender you are if they make a great script and it's like yeah i have an idea for three women the the fucking uh uh as the main character the fucking producer shouldn't be like oh well three women you better cut that shit down to zero let's get some men up in this bitch right uh <laughs> we gotta have that all-male cast it's like what, what are we doing a gay porn what is this? <laughs> it's like yes we are <laughs> we're gonna get some oiled up men up in here wait you said oiled up who's gonna be doing the oiling you guys and me <laughs> this is a hands-on project it's like yeah. this dude this is this is turned super gay yeah. all of a sudden yeah uh, i mean i don't i don't see the problem with it i don't i really don't see it but that's or, the thing it's like I, to me it's like when people this isn't a Ghostbusters thing where you're just trying to forcibly shove down like something where it's just like not going to work. Because right. the only reason it didn't work wasn't because it was four women. It was just because you cast it four women to all play Bankman. And you <laughs> forgot what the original idea of Ghostbusters was. Because so the, fe- the female version of Ghostbusters didn't, didn't not work because it was all female. It didn't not work because... It was females all trying to play one character of the Ghostbusters. Right. It was, it was bad chemistry. Yeah. It was every one of them were trying to be comedians. And one of your biggest comedian thing was, was trying to have Melissa McCarthy constantly insult food people for not having enough wontons. So that, that was literally an ongoing joke in the movie. <laughs> like insulting a fucking delivery person. For, they, they have nothing to do with what they delivered. And you're yeah. just like, a, like, that's not supposed to make, that doesn't make you a likable character. So, what they did was they wrote a story of four unlikable characters that all acted like Vankman. And that's just the recipe for disaster. And then... If and they would have wrote the original Ghostbusters where every character acted like Vankman, it would have bombed. It would have bombed. Yeah. Also, so when you're just like, oh, it only bombed because it was four females. It's like, no, it, it didn't bomb because it was four females. It was bomb. It bombed because they wrote every single character like Vankman. Right. You can only have one Vankman because that's all you can tolerate. Right. Yeah. That's all you can tolerate. Because the he's the asshole. Of the he's group. the asshole. If you have too he's many, he's only assholes, funny because possible. he's the only asshole. Right. If there's four assholes. You're like, fuck the Ghostbusters, this is bullshit. Yeah. And that's what happened. Uh-huh. That's what happened with the females. It wasn't because Kate McKinnon, uh, you know, uh, and Melissa McCarthy wasn't, you know, funny. It was just because they all were trying to be funny at once, like Vankman. You have to have your, you, you have to have your race stance. You have to, you know, you have, have to have your Egon. Egon. You have to have your Thankman. You have to have your 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 uh, your your Winston. Uh, Winston. Yeah, yeah. You Is have to, more? yeah. You have to because like uh, Ernie Hudson was like the you know the religious guy. He was the serious. He was actually kind of the serious person. Then you have to have your scientific people. It was a chemistry thing, right? And then they just failed to do that. 
Yeah, because you know, Ray's so the, Ray's it, the paranormal guy. Egon's the scientist. Yeah. Uh, Vegman's the psychologist. And he's the comedian. He's the comic relief in the movie. He's the comic relief in the movie. They have one comic relief in the movie. Dan Aykroyd has, like, one funny part, which is at the end whenever he fucking, uh, 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 you know, fucking thinks of the, uh, the Marshmallow Man. The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, he also, he's the one that gets the ghost blowjob, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a funny scene. (laughs) It, it's not like it's not a verbal funny. All the verbal comedy is from Vankman. Vankman, yeah. The visual comedy stuff sometimes. But like Harold right. Ramis is serious through most of it. Yeah, Egon. Has, There's no seriousness in the f- the female Ghostbuster. Everybody's being goofy as fuck. Right. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. And so so whenever you're casting the Ghostbusters, you can't be like, well, let's do all female. Let's do this. This. It's like, well, let's. You 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 have four. You have a four-part recipe. You have to have your comedy relief. You you know you have to have your religious person. You have to have your your scientist, and you have to have your you know your your um, your your Dan Aykroyd, the paranormal guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have like a four-part recipe to make the Ghostbusters work. Yeah. And they just said, let's just hire all these SNL people. It's like, well, the fuck that. It's like, what did everybody like about Ghostbusters? And it's like, well, Bill Murray. It's like, we'll just have four Venkmans then. That'll be fine. It's like, it's, that's no. It's like, true, Venkman was most people's favorite character. But Venkman right. wouldn't have worked without the other three. He needed Ray and Egon to balance him out. Well, yeah. the other three. He needed Ernie Hudson, too. He well, yeah, yeah, Ernie, and Winston, Ernie too. Ernie Hudson was a big part of it. And then, like, whenever you're just like, oh, yeah, well, the secretary is just some dumb dude. It's like, well, no. Janine was not a bimbo. Yeah, it's like, that's not what Janine was, though. Janine was not a bimbo. She was a good secretary. She was always... She was a part of the Ghostbusters She was a part of the team because she was the one that had to answer the phone. Yeah, let's 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 cast Chris Evans and just... Or Chris Hemsworth and just make it really stupid. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but Janine wasn't stupid. No. Janine was just a regular secretary that just she was just really good then, at like, getting like, the work. Like the cast was good. Then you had Rick Romanus. Rom- Rom- uh, I mean, yeah, Romanus. Yeah, Romanus. Mick, Mick Romanus. <laughs> Mick Romanus. He's the most Romanus of Mick's that you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, Rick Romanus. I mean, you had him too. <laughs> like you had, and then you know you had Sir Gordy Weaver as a love. Was Dana? Yeah. Listen to all this stuff that the. Uh, Whenever you're like, oh, well, no one wants to watch women as Ghostbusters. That's why it didn't work. It's like, no, that's not why it didn't work. Just listen to all the stuff that I just said. That's why it didn't work. They didn't have all those elements. Yeah. Well, and it's like, in this movie, you have, you know, three completely different female characters. They don't all feel the same. Sarah is the the, the hard badass that's been there, done that has kicked all the ass, and she knows what to do. She's in charge. She kind of commands when she's around. Then you have Grace, who is, like, there to... Basically, her mission is to fucking protect Danny and hopefully live long enough to destroy the Terminator before she gets destroyed. Yeah, she's basically, like, a a robot Sarah Connor. Yeah. sent back in time. Yeah, kind of like if they would have cybernetically enhanced Kyle Reese... You know, to a degree, that's basically what Grace is. Yeah, she's kind of like some 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 bits of Sarah, 
as far as like the 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 you know pro- the protection mode. If they would have made Kyrie's such not a pussy, <laughs> that would be her. Right. <laughs> uh, but you know that's. But and then then you have you know Danny. I mean, she she works in a she works in a vehicle plant. Like you know, she's just like a factory worker, and then you know she gets all this shit dropped on her. That it's like, yeah, well, in the future, in the apocalypse, you're gonna be like the leader of humanity. That's when Sarah first heard that shit, and it was like, you're gonna give uh, birth to the man who is gonna become the leader that takes us to victory in the future. And they're like, no, it's, it's actually you. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like, that's the thing. It's like the... the Because she's supposed to be 18. Grace. So she's supposed to be 18. The only thing I say about that is that they kind of failed at that because Mackenzie Davis does not look like she's 18. She's not. Yeah. She's she's, 30 years old. Yeah. Straight up 30 years old. Because when I watched this, I didn't get the idea that she was still a teenager. I thought from watching her that she was like... Because they even show the thing in the future where she looks pretty young. Yeah. And she saves the people and then she becomes whatever, the savior or whatever. So she's supposed to be really young in this. So she's supposed to be around 18 years old. Yeah, so it makes you wonder how old is how old is, uh, is uh, Daniela then. Uh, she's like, maybe like her, she's like maybe in her mid-20s in the movie. When you see her at the at the factory and everything, when the movie starts, yeah, I think she's supposed to be around eighteen or so too. Is she? I thought she was supposed to be like in her in her like twenties or something. Unless uh, maybe you're right. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I didn't look up what how old uh, Ramos is supposed to be. Yeah, but, she's supposed to be fairly young. But uh, but yeah, it's just you know, I, I, you know, I think that a lot of times like people would look and they would see like. You know, three female characters is kind of like the main characters of the movie, and they're all trying to find a way to accomplish their goal. They're like, wait, women? You can have three women together? That's bullshit. This is trying to take down men. Yeah, it's like it's like because you know, men. If you don't have enough men in movies, we're just gonna like fucking disintegrate or something, right? And it's like so, you know the main, you know the complaints that they're talking about is that like the main bad guy is uh, is a male Terminator. It's like oh, cause we can't have a like a, a, a bad female Terminator. It's like well, we've already done that. It was a TX model. They've already been there. They've done that. So then they have the. And what if they would have made it a bad female character? Then they would be like, oh, well, it's all female. So you apparently can't cast any men, and the only man that you do cast that's any worth any of note. Is uh, Arnold, and Arnold's been made into some domesticated pussy because uh, he doesn't want to kill anybody anymore, and he wants to have a family, and he serves people fucking Coronas with a lime. It's like you know what? That's just being a good host. Yeah, you always I put mean... the lime in the Corona if you're offering it to people. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But it's like, yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with that? Right? Yeah, he's just being Look, a good host. I will fucking terminate you if you don't offer me a Corona with lime. Right. <laughs> If you just offered me the Corona, it's like, whoa, man. You, you I'd be like, so really? Nice. I came over for this bullshit? A Corona with no lime? Oh, no, I got limes. I can cut limes. Okay, yeah, you need to fucking do that, because I'm about to throw this I'm shit out of the window. I'm about to fucking just smash this shit on the ground and fucking... <laughs> I threw it on the ground. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, 
okay, it's just like, oh, well, you can't make the, well, why don't you make the bad guy female? And it's like, well, that would have been four females then. And you know what? Should have done it. That would have been awesome. I mean, you know, it's, and I think the reason why they're probably, you know, they're, they're going to probably not do that is because they're like, well, if we, because of the Ghostbusters example, it's like, well, that was four women and that failed. So maybe we shouldn't do four. Well, three is okay. And then we'll have the main villain be a dude still. And then we'll have the... Well, I uh, mean, the Ghostbusters things only filled because they were all the same character. Yeah. And that was that's the point that Steve was about. making. But that's the thing. Some people will think that the reason that it failed was because it was four women and people just didn't want to see that. And it's like, you can put four women in a movie and it can work fine. Yeah, I mean... Sex in the City is literally four women as a group... And that shit may had a movie. It was on T. It was on HBO for or was it Showtime forever? <laughs> it was HBO. The Devil Wears Prada. It's fucking Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway. You're right. And that movie is goddamn legendary. It's a great movie. It's not the point of how many women you put in the movie. It's like it, it's about what you do with the women. That it's you put what in you the do movie. with the characters. Do they all feel like the same? Like Steve was saying. If they're all Vecman and they're all kind of trying to be the same character, then there's really no point because there's no difference between any of the characters. If Ghostbusters itself, the original Ghostbusters movie, if Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Ernie Hudson, and Bill Murray all acted like Bill Murray, that movie would have failed. It would have been a flop. And nobody, it wouldn't be a cult classic like it is now. Yeah, so what I'm saying is... Is the reason that the female Ghostbuster failed isn't because they were females and they were Ghostbusters. It was because they all acted in the same role. It was this. They, they were all the same like archetype, and it just it just doesn't work when you have that many that are the same type of person. And that's why both uh, Emma Stone, Emma Watson, and uh, actually uh, Jennifer Lawrence all turned down roles in the the, the female Ghostbusters movie. All three of those people were offered roles in that movie, and they all turned it down because they read the script and they they realized this is all the same character, and we, yeah. we want to be a part of something that's all different characters. Yeah, you're not gonna stand out as a as a character in that because it's like everybody else has like the same types of jokes. Because the they wanted Emma Stone character. in it so bad, and they they were, they kept doing it. You know, they kept offering it to her, and then she was just like, "No, I'm not doing it." And then whenever you finally watch it, you realize why. Yeah, you're like, because oh, her this character is wouldn't have been unique. Yeah, her character would have been the exact same of everyone else's character. Right. And Emma Stone was just like, yeah, I can't do this movie because, you know, you know, I, I'm just like, she would have made like to me, she would have made like a really awesome like uh, Ray Stance type character. I think that would have been her character in the movie as the the paranormal investigator. Yeah, I think she yeah. would have been the Ray. And I think, you know, I I think if you're making the movie, then Kate McKinnon probably should have been the, the Vinkman. Um, you know. I could have seen her as Egon, too. Yeah, or Egon. Either one. She could have been either, really. She, yeah, I mean, she, she could have done it. But I probably would have casted, I actually probably would have casted, you know, Mila Kunis as the Egon character. Um, Instead of, uh, what was the other one? It was Kristen Wiig, wasn't it? It was the other one. Well, and there was the, Kristen Wiig, and then there was Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. And there was Leslie Jones in it. Yeah, Leslie Jones. Yeah. So, I would, I, I probably wouldn't have casted Leslie Jones. 
Uh, just because I don't think she's very funny. I mean, there's some people that don't like her on SNL, so you're not the only one who would think that. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, I like Cecily Jones better. Um, as far as people that are funny on there, but yeah, you know, if you wanted to have like a granddaughter of like Ernie Hudson or something, uh, maybe Naomi Harris would have been badass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that would have been. She cool. probably could have pulled off the religious character. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing with Hollywood is that like a lot of times they get you know you have uh, these ideas that come up and then you know it gets greenlit and then nobody really thinks to question like is this really the right way to do this? Yeah, I mean, it's that's... like it's it's totally okay with me to do an all female, but you have to at least have a good script written. Yeah, if the story is is shit, then people are going to turn against it. You know, it would be like watching the Ninja Turtles. And everybody is like Raphael, and you're like, not everybody can be Raphael. It's basically, you only they, have one. It's basically what they did with the, the the Michael Bay stuff. Basically, yeah, it's basically what they did. So with that's that. why I haven't watched those. The, the only Ninja Turtles movies that the, that are real Ninja Turtles movies are the first two. Yeah, you can only have one. Like 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 you just said, Raphael was always my favorite character. And some people have different characters because Michelangelo is the party guy and Leonardo is the leader and stuff like that. But hey, My favorite as a kid was Michelangelo, right? But uh, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Whenever you watch the cartoons, the old school movies and stuff like that, Raphael is actually the main character of all the movies. Because like, most of the stories, stories are based on Raph. It's especially, all based on Raphael. I mean, especially like the first Ninja Turtles movie, it's, you know, the live action movie. Uh, it's it's really based around Raph as a big chunk of that movie because yeah. when he gets attacked and then he's in the bathtub and then Leonardo's like you know he's like trying to make sure that he's gonna live and and everything and it's like you know Raphael is a big part of that movie. Yeah, or, I mean he's uh, the April's, one that encounters April's Casey like Jones the stuff and Leonardo's like by the tub with Raph like the whole time. Yeah, trying to make sure that he that he comes that he revives and everything and he comes back. Even though they're the two that has like the biggest arguments all the time. Yeah, but that's that's the thing with the Ninja Turtles. It's always like the two. The two people that always argue all the time is Raph and Leo. Yeah, but the two that love each other the most is Raph and Leo. Yeah, it's always like that. And then and the other two are, you know, Donnie and Mikey. <laughs> Donnie and, and Mikey they're, they're are always complete opposite. Also, because one of them's like a super intelligent science guy, and the other guy's just like some dumb party dude. Right? Yeah, because Michelangelo, he's he's you know, I, I guess you could say he's kind of dumb. I mean, no, he's not completely dumb. He's not completely dumb, but he's not he's as smart as Donatello. Yeah, no, Donatello is the smartest of all of them. He's Raph a, is the the. The warrior. He's probably the best fighter of all of them. Oh yeah, Raph is the best. Definitely the best fighter. He's the best martial artist, I guess you Leonardo, could say. Leonardo's the leader only because he has the coolest head. Yeah. Well, because he's the one that pays attention to Master Splinter the most. You know. But, that's but the he's thing. not the best fighter. Raph is clearly the best fighter. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, you know. All of them's great. All of them are great at fighters, fighting. But Raph is the best. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to be pretty badass to use size. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a true fact. If you, let's get back to this. Do we have another uh, comment? Because we're I'm, talking about Ninja Turtles all day. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have like a smaller one here to, to, to cap off at the end, right? Um, so, 
because uh, if, if if we keep going with enough alcohol, we will continue to talk about Ninja Turtles, and then we just Terminator. Yes, yeah, so let's, let's get back. <laughs> to this. So um, it's uh, so this comment it says uh, movies are just getting worse and worse, but audiences seem happy with the inferior films coming out. Uh, the newer generations just haven't seen enough quality films to know a dud. Imagine all you had to eat your whole life was rotten fruit. Then you will likely love rotten fruit. But once you had a juicy, fresh uh, fruit, any anything rotten will be repugnant to your system. Most Hollywood films today are treated like comic books. Very clinical, but in the process they lost the organic human touch and realism. There are only Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. The rest is crappy fan fiction. And why Arnold and Linda Hamilton agreed to this, I don't know. It's just another slap in the face to the fans. They completely destroyed the franchise and lost our trust. There is no coming back from this. I mean, that's definitely his opinion. But also his little analogy about rotten fruit. I mean, that that's kind of the entire French Revolution, right? <laughs> Like, ah, you, you get used to rotten fruit, you'll kind of love rotten fruit. I was like, no, that's that's kind of kind of the entire point of the French... But anyway, anyway, I don't want to get off in a political tangent about the French Revolution. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, but, I mean, if you want to think that the only thing that exists is Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, that's your right to do so. There's some people that still, still... That's cool. I mean, if you want to only want to watch those two movies, cool. But why did you watch this movie then? That must have not have been enough for you. You wanted to know more about the story. That's why you watched this. Right. So, you can't say this is... Only part one and part two exist when you also watch this movie. Because if you believe that, if you believe that was enough... For the franchise of Terminator, then you would have just not even watched this. You wouldn't have watched any of the other movies. You wouldn't have watched Terminator 3. You wouldn't have watched Salvation. You wouldn't have watched Genesis. You would have just been like, well, there's only one and two. Yeah. Done. And it's like, that's fine. You know, if you're one of those people, it's just like, yeah, only believe in one and two. Then why are you watching three, four, five, and six? You know, there's no reason for you to watch it. You don't have to. You you don't have to watch this movie. No, and you know, I think some people. I I guess some people are just you know they're 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 kind of holding out some optimism because they're like, well, you know, maybe Tim Miller actually got this one right, you know, and then with Cameron involved and all that kind of stuff, and it's like knowing the friction between Tim Miller and James Cameron. It it almost makes you think, especially that, like, in editing. Yeah, it, it, because if you're trying to edit this movie, it's like I think that you know the director should have the say on how it should be edited, because ultimately it's their vision on screen. I mean, when you look at the directorial notes for this, you're going to be like, this was directed by Tim Miller. It wasn't directed by James Cameron. Now James Cameron created all this. It's his universe. It's his. It's his world. It's his terminology. It's his everything. He created the Terminator story, right? So obviously, you know, it would be. It'd be it's kind of like the same thing with like Star Wars, and it's like, well, hey, we're not sure how to do. Well, let's go to George Lucas and ask him, like, hey, what can we do with this? But 
the difference is, is that, like, George didn't go into the editing bay and he was like, yeah, no, that scene right there, no, you gotta, you gotta cut that. Wait, we just, we can't use any of that. And it's like, well, George, wait, this is, this is, this is JJ's movie. He, he's doing this. It's like, you know, the director should have the final say. Now, whether or not you agree with how they ultimately ended up with the movie, that's completely your opinion, right? But I think that the director should be allowed to make their vision come on the screen and, and come to life the way that they want it. If you end up not liking what they do, fair enough. You didn't like the way that they put the movie together. You didn't like the story that they were trying to tell. You didn't like the way it was edited or, or whatever. But they should have the opportunity to make their movie without having the outside interference. And James Cameron, I've always loved James Cameron as a director because I've always grown up as a Terminator fan. But I think that based on what I understand about what Tim Miller wanted to do with this, he, he wanted interfered, to... He interfered way too much. Yeah, I think Tim should have been allowed to kind of do the, the Terminator that he had in his head, the one that he wanted to make. And I think James Cameron probably should have been like, look, I'm just kind of here to support you. This is your vision. But no, James Cameron, he does have a pretty big ego. And he was like, no, I'm going to put my fingerprints on this too. And it's like... Man. Yeah, but a lot. See, the thing about James Cameron is, he did put his fingerprints on it, but he was kind of a coward about it. Like he he was a big part of the editing process, but he did uncredited editing. That way, if the movie failed, he'd be like, "Well, you know, I was just like an advisor." Yeah. Uh, they didn't so, have to take my edits. Uh, that's just what I came up with. Yeah, but really, in all truth, he had like total control of the process. Because he's the executive producer, isn't he? Yeah. So he literally got this opportunity where he could like go in and like pull the guts out of this movie, and then if the movie was disliked, he'd be like, "Well, Tim Miller directed it." Well, this was Tim's movie. It's like, yeah, but you were fucking—you had all your ideas. Like, literally, you, you wouldn't let me there. not have Arnold and not let have Linda Hamilton Hamilton in this movie, and then you came in and then you made me like change my edits, uh, because the studios kind of forced it, and then. You just walk away and just be like, well, I was barely involved in this. And it's like, no, you weren't. You were heavily involved in this, James Cameron. You were heavily involved in this. Yeah. Because they were going to fund more of your Avatar shit. Um, and this is what happens when studio politics start to fuck around with a, with a good with a good movie. Right? It, this happens a lot. Like, um, like Ultraviolet, for example... Uh, because yeah, we, we got it in that one, yeah. Yeah, because Kurt, uh, Kurt Wimmer, when he was uh, directing the movie, um, you know, Mila Jovovich likes to, you know, sit in on the editing and help because, you know, she, she, like, she just, you know, she likes to make sure that her performances look as good as they can, right? And she likes to sit in on the editing. And they, the studio was like, yeah, Mila's not going to help you with any of the edits. And also, Kurt, we want you to cut out, you know, about 80% of the shit that you want to keep in, and we're going to shorten it down. And he was like, but it's not really the same movie. If you cut out some of these key scenes yeah. that explain stuff, then he's like, then people are going to watch this movie and be like, well, wait a minute. What the fuck? Am I missing something? Why did it jump to this scene? And it's because the studio went in and fucked around with his edits, and they were like, "We Mila can't be involved in this, even though she's 
the fucking main character of this movie. And, you know, she sits in on pretty much most of her movies to do the edits she does on Resident Evil, you know. And then they cut Kurt Wimmer out of the out of the stuff, and Kurt Wimmer was like, "Fuck it, it's not really my movie anymore." It's he's like, "I worked on a movie called Ultraviolet, but it's the fucking studio's movie because they're the ones that have this final say." And this is what happens a lot of times: is the studio will go in and they will fuck with something because they think that they know what's better for the movie than the director or the actors or whatever. And it's like sometimes these things need to be organic so that they can they can live on their own it's like what's wrong with just trying some shit like you were saying let tim miller do his version of it where there's no arnold you know there's no sarah connor uh character and we're gonna do something different with this and the studio is like well no we you know or, or, or cameron is like no we need to have arnold we need to have linda we're gonna get them back in here because that's you know part of terminator and tim miller's like can't we do some more with this? Why are we going back to the old formula and we're just trying to rehash stuff that we've already done countless times? You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in Terminator 3, you know, Sarah Connor died from leukemia. You know, you learn that when you okay. watch Rise of the Machines. Yeah. And it's like she died of leukemia and stuff. And then in this, they're like, no, no, no. It's, it's kind of working on like retconning all that because he goes back, he kills John, and then Sarah has to live on. And it's like... Well, what what what's the real version of the Terminator story? Are we, we don't know. Do we have it yet? Or have we seen it yet? Is, is, you know, or are they? Do you feel like all the movies past T2 feel like fan fiction movies that got a budget and got made? Yeah. Do they feel like fan fiction to you? Because sometimes that's the way I feel. I feel like the only way that you can enjoy these movies, which I enjoyed Dark Fate a lot, and I actually enjoyed Genesis. And I actually enjoyed uh, Rise of the Machines because I really enjoyed Nick Stahl and his performance in that movie. I'll say the the movie as a whole is it doesn't really make a ton of sense, but I really enjoyed Nick Stahl. Uh, the Christian Bell movie I enjoyed Christian Bell, but that was probably my least favorite. Yeah, Salvation, um, but that did have Bryce Dallas Howard in it. And I do love so. Bryce Dallas Howard, but I would still say it's my least favorite. But she's barely in that uh, movie. <laughs> I, I think Nick Stahl is an amazing actor. That's why I really like Rise of the Machines uh, for 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 a part of the Terminator thing. But I, I, I think that... Um, I think the only way that you guys can really enjoy these movies as holes a lot of times is... Um, you have to judge every movie after T2 as a single movie. Right, not a continuation. Not a continuation of a franchise. And when you do that, you'll 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 find a lot more enjoyment. Because, I guess that's a good way to look at it because Terminator because this dark to... this dark fate movie as a continuation, maybe not a great movie, but as a single movie fucking fun as shit to watch yeah and it's a great really fun movie to watch and so is genesis actually genesis uh uh with amelia clark and that other guy that's not really a good actor <laughs> jay jay courtney some chick's name yeah something like that <laughs> uh, jay you know Christina. what would have been interesting if they would have just had like Nicki minaj as kyle reese that would have been fun oh yeah 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 as a uh as at a least kyle reese would have had a booty 
Yes. And then you would be like, oh, that's why. Man, Kyle Reese got that ass. <laughs> that, then you would have been like, that's why Sarah Connor had to hit that. Yeah. Because of that ass. That ass. But with Jack Courtney, you're just kind of like, why? Why did? Why did? Why did she? Why did she have sex with him? Because he, he's kind of gross. <laughs> should have got Hugh Jackman. That's yeah. who they should have got. They should have got like Hugh Jackman to play Kyle Reese, and then you'd be like, yeah. Totally fucked She totally want to fuck him now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, uh... But wouldn't Hugh Jackman made a really great, like, Terminator? As a Terminator unit, yeah, he would have been great. You know, because it's like... I mean, the Arnold model, they made so many of those. It's like, oh, well, it's the Austrian model again. Yeah, what's up, man? You know, and it was like, and then you would have just seen like Hugh Jackman. It's like, wait, what the fuck is happening? It's like, oh yeah, Hugh Jackman's in your Terminator. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Hugh Jackman's gonna be in these movies now. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be in them. It's like, yeah, we're gonna do this. We're totally gonna do this. There's gonna be a new model of Terminators that are based on Hugh Jackman's uh, body type and everything. You're like, holy fuck, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be pretty fucking awesome. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this has been uh, Beyond the Hate. Yes. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. It's an interesting discussion. Because there's things about this where I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, eh, this is a little bit rehashy. It, it, it feels too formulaic sometimes. Sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's fun. And if you guys have any opinions, any thoughts, anything like that, you can always email us at beyondthehate at yahoo.com and uh, also um, yeah so uh, dicks out for Harambe <laughs> dicks out for Harambe <laughs> uh, so uh, we get, we hope you guys enjoyed and uh, we'll we'll see you guys you guys stay safe we'll see you guys next time uh, drink for, corona don't get coronavirus yeah stay safe drink corona don't get coronavirus Uh, This has been Beyond the Hate. Peace.